0: welcome to middle school matters podcast number 88 it's our talk like a pirate teach like a pro day
1: welcome back to the show (laughs) it's a podcast it's a podcast (laughs) that's all we're gonna say this time it's a podcast (laughs) Oh, I'm Troy Patterson, and with me, as always, is. I don't even know what we're supposed to be talking about yet.
0: And, and some days
1: we both wonder who we are. And, and with me is. And <laughs> with me, I'm Sean McCurr.
0: And I had to pull up my school ID to check. <laughs> there you go.
1: The, you know, it's the second week of school, so.
0: That sounds like a Irish song.
1: It's the second week, week of school. <laughs> I was listening to some uh, Mark Knopfler in the background there earlier. I don't know if you heard that or not. but Okay, well, it is also Talk Like a Pirate Day. It is. Arrgh. Arc. And that means that Sean's doing the jokes this week. <laughs> <laughs> I threw in there. I thought I'll just throw in a couple of extras. <laughs> and, then, and, then, yeah. and I went, "Cool, <laughs> I'm doing jokes this week." <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can
0: do the jokes this week. Um, I just I, you got to watch out. Well, okay, all right, we'll just do it this way. Um, okay, Troy. Yes. What's a pirate's favorite TV show? Um, no clue. No clue. That's the one that was on for years. It's E R. Oh, that's bad.
1: <laughs>
0: I've got a math one for you. You ready?
1: Uh, uh math so. is math is fun. Let's go.
0: Math is fun. Yes. Here we go. Did you know that three point one four one five nine percent? Yeah, Forty two. That's the Douglas <laughs> Adams joke. <laughs> Sorry. The three point one four one five nine percent of all sailors are <laughs> oh
1: are by... pirates. Oh God. My daughter and, would enjoy that one. That's <laughs> true. I think I've told I mean, her that one before. i say
0: <laughs> tell her that one and have her use it at school. Uh, September 19th is also, also National Cheeseburger Day, and that's not the joke.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait <laughs> for it? <laughs> <laughs> you can go get a burger at most places today, except at Hardee's, because all the pirates will be there and, and
1: ordering it hard. Well done. That was like a joke that you have to go halfway through it. And that's not the joke.
0: Well, You got two more, more line. lines there. <laughs> I do. Oh, oh, okay. You're right. I do. You're right. Except that, that one, I didn't think that was a joke either. I just threw it there because I didn't have any other place to put it. Uh, well, you know, I was teaching the other day this week.
1: That's probably good. <laughs> it was, yes. That's what he paid to do.
0: <laughs> and and all of a sudden, this guy burst into my room right in the middle of my lesson, and he says, hey, the teacher down the hall is teaching a way better lesson than you, and ran out. It was kind of west. Ran into my room and told my kids <laughs> right down the hall was teaching a better lesson than I was.
1: Uh, did you have a microphone in your hand so he could grab it out of your hands? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've got one of those little, you know, light speed things that, you know, hangs from my neck and... I was able to run, <laughs> run <off stage>. yeah. <laughs> so so you kind of wondered what your pirate name might be, you know, you know if this was, you know, the the 1700s, 1800s, well, 1700s. Um, and and, and if, if Troy was a pirate, I I wonder what Troy's pirate name would be. And and so I went to the pirate name generator when I wouldn't necessarily give the kids cuz it it's gangsta name generator. I think is the is the .dot com. But so I, I I I searched what our pirate names would be, and and, and my name would be Frowning Tad Hack R, and Troy's pirate name is Karen Joe Smile. So you can take names and throw them in there and and and, and find out what your pirate name would be. Might be fun with uh, the kids, but I would check it beforehand. Uh, simply because um, it's run through a – it's a mathematical algorithm just for fun. You can do it both both genders, male and female, and it just switches out because the rest of it's all just – you know it happens to be this number where you get that word.
1: Right, and it does seem to be consistent because you just put a name in and you get it. Right. And if you add your middle name, it becomes different because if you add my middle name, I would become Pirate Blaine the Infected. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one.
0: So, you know, if, if you switch genders, it just switches out the middle part. It doesn't switch out the the adjective with the last name.
1: Okay.
0: So, try would be Colin Jackie Smythe. I checked.
1: <laughs> Why am somehow I not surprised? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so today's Talk Like a Pirate Day, and you might you know have some fun with that on Monday. It's un-
1: usually it frequently. I know the last couple of years it's fallen on a on a school day. Yeah, and I know a lot of people had a lot of fun with it. But um.
0: well, there was a lot of a lot of things going around the net uh, today talking about folks doing it yesterday, so so that they could do it at work, so they could do it at right. school. But this is something you know because of the following weekend. You could also do it on Monday. Absolutely. Yeah, we won't tell anybody.
1: Of course not. No. And if you want to tell somebody, where should you go?
0: Um, I should go. To, oh, you know what? I would I would talk to folks at middleschoolmatters.com dot com and post a link there, or I would send an email to middleschooleducators at gmail dot com. You know, what's even better is I would even like you know post it like as a as a tweet, you know, and include mm-hmm. MS Matters on Twitter, and uh, you know you can post it on one of our walls over at on Facebook.
1: I don't know if our fan page is working yet. It is the oh. most convoluted system. I'm still irritated with them. It's like... It, that seems like it should be easy to do. I mean, it seems like they got all the hard stuff down, but the easy stuff is just... Uh, well, maybe, it,
0: maybe it's a revenue-making source. They'll offer a class on how to set up a fan page. Yeah, You know, it's kind of like Microsoft Networking. You pay for the class, and then you go out and network people. and
1: yeah.
0: Facebook, you... Pay for the training, and then you go face people.
1: I don't know. It's just really weird. So, so um, you were talking of the Twitterverse.
0: I was. i happen happen to mention Twitter. It matters on Twitter. And, and there's some things from, from Twitter uh, this week. Not many, just a couple. A matter of fact, this first one was up there last week, so I'll get rid of that one before it goes to post. Uh, po- oh, what's happening here? Um, I got a spinning beach ball. Uh, go Smithsonian Ed is the Smithsonian Institution in Washington, D.C., and they're having Smithsonian weekend events, a nighttime artworks and fiesta. And uh, you can go in and check that out. There's also some stuff online related to that. Uh, Sharon Elin, math teachers, check out the 3 Da Vinci with Google Sketchup for teaching geometry. So there's some geometry resources there. Resources? Re- resources. Hmm, it's a second week of school. <laughs> <laughs> and let's see, we've got... Um, a digital cheating page from the Parent Summit of 2009 in San Antonio. That's in, in, interesting for te- teachers to check out some re- cheating resources. Not that we want you to cheat, just helping to catch the cheaters. And cheating and a, resource page. Cheating resource. Oh no, you're cheating on on, on, on you're cheating right now, aren't you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was I was let's say doing a little more research. Um, uh, yeah yeah and, yeah, and so then I thought well we'll we'll take a look at what he's got up there and um you know it's something that we actually I talked about with my staff and um at our last meeting, and i actually I talked about the um copyright that i shared with uh we shared a couple of shows ago with mm-hmm. that copyright poster. Um, I just, so I shared that, and we talked a little bit about cheating. But um, this would be something that we would maybe be take a look at as well for um, for sharing with um, sh- sharing with the rest of the my staff as well, because now that looks like um, looks like a a good A good skill that teachers are going to need to identify and be up on, quite frankly, because what we used to think of as cheating may not be be used by the kids anymore. That's one of those constantly moving targets.
0: I think one of the interesting terms that's come into education just in the past few years, at least that's come to my attention, is the term repurposing and taking something and using it for something else uh, or taking it and, and adding on to uh, the material information or the, the technique or the project uh, and calling it repurposing instead of. I mean, back when we, we were kids, we would call that, we would have been accused of cheating, taking some else's idea, yeah, copying. Mm-hmm. And now the term is repurposing. Um, it would be interesting to see where that goes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we, we talked a little bit about this uh, Google Apps and changes. Um, Miguel Gulen, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, and post a link to some changes in web publishing policy. But I, you were also talking about how uh, Google's actually making it a little more difficult. to
1: Yeah, you know, I've tried to sign a couple people up, and it used to be that you'd go there, you'd pick a username, and if the username wasn't being used, you, were out, you signed up and you were done. And now you have to put in a, a valid email from somewhere else, and then they send an SMS to your phone, and... It was it was very convoluted. It was a, it was a way more work than um, than I thought it should be because we're doing some. I'm doing some things with Google Docs, especially um, some things, and I'm sharing that with other with uh, some other principals. And uh, so I'm getting you know getting them to sign up for Google Docs because it's you can do forms really easy, mm-hmm. and we do walkthroughs, and for me. You know, I've got a form that I just, I'm able to pull out um, any web enabled phone. I use my iPhone. Um, And then just tap a couple of things that we're supposed to be looking for. You know, does it exist? Is it there? Are there any notes that I want to take? Anything like that? And move on. So instead of visiting 10 classes and then trying to remember, okay, what was it that I saw in class two? Were there school improvement posters up or no? Was there. You know, was there anything, how did the kids respond to the interest level in the class and all that? Instead, I just tap it in, it puts it in a spreadsheet, we can look at it later. And then we can also use it to disaggregate out things as well. How many times do we see, you know, a kid engagement at a very high level? How many times do kids know what they're supposed to learn? We can do things like that. Uh, and it makes it easy and quick, but the sign-up process for Google, for Google getting to getting a Google account has become onerous, in my humble opinion.
0: I'm glad I did did it early then.
1: I am too. Of course, um, a lot
0: of schools use uh, Google Gmail accounts or uh, the the Google Plus One type of accounts.
1: More and more schools are, more and more universities, especially there's a, um there was another major university that went over to um. To Google Docs. They're, they're in the process of going over to Gmail. They're oh. getting out of the email business, which I find kind of scary because, you know, education, especially higher ed education, is where we were getting a lot of that cutting edge stuff. And I would hope that would continue. I think that's a good place for them to learn how to do that. And well, I hope that hope they aren't abandoning that role.
0: Well, I wonder if the I if it's 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 kind of like a well, everybody's been there and done that. Um, we have computers that will process things fast enough. That's not really where the cutting edge is. Here's where the challenge lies. Let's send our students over too. But we don't, uh, you know. Of course, I'm not yeah. that up in tech to say, you know, this is the latest challenge. But you know, maybe the challenges lie in these other areas, like um, developing a, a new OS or you know something that's outside the. Every day, every day. Eventually, they'll be coming to the everyday domain, but, you know, it's still out there type of thing.
1: Yep. All right. Let's take a look at uh, a couple of web spotlights for this week. Mm. Um, First one comes from Cool Cat Teacher, um, Cool Cat Teacher blog. And um, I thought this was uh, applicable to all teachers and specifically to um, middle school teachers. Um. And these are her 10 totally random tips for teachers. Number one, keep a snack shelf. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm, having, and she, and I'm, I'm quoting her here. She says, when I'm having a rough time, I just go to the shelf and I'm not tempted to binge on candy bars in the machine. Mm-hmm. I restock this twice a month and she keeps healthy snacks there. So, um, a little forethought there. Number two, use sandpaper to sharpen scissors. I can't stand sticky scissors. Man, that drives me nuts. Um, so she does a lot of creative things. She keeps a large piece of sandpaper and cuts it a few times with scissors and it sharpens. Works on a paper cutter too, she claims. Hmm. Keep a paper towel tube of power
0: towel tube of
1: power. That's right. So, okay, so you carry things around all the time. Mm -hmm. When inundated with those plastic bags from the grocery store, get rid of the end of, and and get to the end of a paper towel towel roll, take the cardboard and jam it full of plastic bags. Ooh, that's a good idea. Never know (laughs) when I'm going to use them, (laughs) but they
0: (laughs) come in handy. Well, think about the end of school year. You know when you get all those kids that are starting to take things home from their lockers? This would be a great way to you know, stock up on those throughout the school year. Well, I mean, you wouldn't have to necessarily do it through school year, but you know, like starting in January, thinking about towards the end of school year,
1: or anytime your team wants to do a locker cleanout, that'd be perfect. Yeah, I, I just, wonder, you know. I mean, I think she's right in this one. I mean, it doesn't take up a lot of space, yeah. but man, those things can be handy. That's a great idea. So it's a good idea. Um This is one that I really like. Put dry erase boards everywhere. Oh, I wish I could. Um, and, and here's what, but this is the part that I got, that I got, um, that I think is really cool. She has six small dry erase boards. Mm-hmm. She got tired of buying and throwing away poster board. Mm-hmm. So she bought six small magnetic dry erase boards and stuck them to the wall using double-sided Velcro, um, sticky Velcro tabs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Student groups of three take the boards off the wall, use them, and stick them back up. Um, also stuck an eraser under each one of them. Kids use these all the time. Homeroom, working on math problems, team projects. Coolest thing I have, coolest new thing I have in my classroom. Mm. So um, and I think that I liked, I really like the sticking it to a wall. It's got a home, it's got a central place kind of thing. You could post it up, you could create... You know, you could create pieces of a puzzle and you could literally do a jigsaw where each kid is doing a piece of the answer and you could put that up. Uh, I just see see lots of things where you could do with this. Um, Number five, use colored duct tape to color code. So, um so I code the kids like you wrap the kid in the, in the duct tape? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> oh. oh. Um, she uses it on carpets, <laughs> chairs, anything you need to color code or group. Um, it's neat looking and the colors actually match the neon of dry erase boards in number four. Oh. Just buy the four neon colors and keep it, you'll see. Number six, poker chips to easily make cooperative groups. Mm-hmm. Um, she says she can't take credit for this one. Robert Marzano talks about these about using these, but she takes it one step for further. I count out the number of teams I need. divide everyone by three as that is the ideal size for a team. Um, then I write a, B, and C on the inside of the chip. Also the kids draw a tri- chip, and then the first start, first start with the color of their team. Then move to the letter for a nice jigsaw. So if you have the different roles, you have a timer, a leader, mm-hmm. um, a recorder. Then the kids are randomly picking not only what team they're going to, which team they're going to be on, which group they're going to be in, but what role they have. That's a good idea. So That's kind of a, an interesting thing as well. Um, use magnetic photo frames to organize. I have a lot of metal near my desk, but not a lot of, me- of desk space. Um, Walmart has tiny pl- magnetic and you can get these anywhere um, pliable mag photo frames so if I need to have something handy by my desk print it out stick it on the filing cabinet <laughs> um, use photo frames on my filing cabinet and um, lots of stuff so another way to put things up it's also a good way to post up some reminders some things that you want kids to remember. Um, that maybe you want to leave up there, but you don't want to take chalkboard space or Promethean board space or mm-hmm. dry erase board space or whatever for. Um, here's one that, that um, is <laughs> a principle I will say with a little hesitation. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> have two of everything. <laughs> I have two staplers, two hole punches, two of everything. One for my desk and one for the students. <laughs> I label clearly where my items are and try to keep them at my desk. I even have two trash cans. Um, take beauty breaks? I know that's one of the ones I always think is important. <laughs> I have not nearly taken nearly enough to qualify. <laughs> um so they ha- she has a, a small bag with toothbrush, toothpaste, and a whole set of um, makeup, comb, few ponytail holders. That's not an issue for uh, me, but (laughs) not me. (laughs) Um, so after each day, uh, just take a mentally take a beauty break. Um, and then number 10, Mm -hmm. embed your professional development. Um, and it takes 15 minutes, three times a week to learn something new and play with tools keep a handy list and explore, or just read my RSS reader. Um, it's so easy to become absorbed and forget everything out there. I find a little nice appointment with myself helps me explore. So uh, I thought those were interesting, though, and uh, some things that everybody, but especially middle school teachers, could really glom onto. Except maybe the Beauty Break one for guys. I will say, though, that um, they now have these little toothbrushes that you can carry. Really? Yeah, they're really like disposable toothbrushes kind of thing. They're pretty cool.
0: Is it like the – no, years ago they were marketing this thing. You slid on your finger. It looked like a a one-finger mitten.
1: Yeah.
0: And you stuck your finger in there and just kind of whizzled it around and cleaned it. These are like actual toothbrushes, things good because standing up from my class doing that I look a little silly I wouldn't even necessarily say you should
1: use the little one in front of your class but but it is um it is some good and there's a, a few extras um that some of the some of the people say they keep a pair of folding scissors on my key ring and a flash drive I've uh one of my teachers came to me two of my teachers came to me yesterday one of them had a flash drive on her so I called her a geek <laughs> In the only most loving way, because she's an excellent, excellent teacher, and um, and um, um, she called me a geek right back, so we <laughs> were okay. Um, so I'm getting her introduced to Dropbox. Oh, okay. And I introduced another teacher to Dropbox because she, uh, we were talking about organizational, and she said, well, you know, I want to go and organize some of this stuff, but... Um, you know, it's hard to do here because there's not a lot of time and when you go home it's hard to get to it And so I introduced her to Dropbox as well so I had a couple people I introduced to Dropbox so um, that's one of the tools that I think is uh, useful because it keeps computers at home and school can keep them synced right up um, so
0: a little uh, Leatherman uh, jackknife it's got a pair of scissors on it it's got uh, little screwdrivers on it. It's got a pair of tweezers on it. Mm-hmm. For a guy, I mean, I carrying that in my pocket. I'm mean, able to fix so many little problems with just that little Leatherman in my pocket. Yep, it, uh, comes in handy. Well, I like your idea with it. He's twice been trying to get me to use Dropbox more often. And um, if it wasn't such a bandwidth issue at school, I think I would use that more.
1: Well, Dropbox doesn't use isn't really bad on bandwidth because no, it does it goes in the background it won't take right. lots of extra stuff.
0: Uh, some people are hypersensitive about those things.
1: Ah, uh, well, obviously not me because no. Oh, yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> we've used it before, and you know what? It is a really cool little tool. I like that. That's a yeah, we, That's a great idea.
1: Yeah, you got to be careful if you open it up to to sharing because people can use up your. Ban- you get two gigs. Um of storage space which for most people is pretty good you get 2 gigs for free and it's now like up to 8 bucks a month if you want to go up to like 20 or 50 gigs or whatever so um so yeah um you know take a look look for there um another there's a, a few the things that have been added that I wouldn't necessarily say that um Um, as a teacher, I would do as a, as a principal we have, um, one is to buy used tennis balls from a local pro shop, Mm -hmm. um, cut an X on them and then slide them on the legs of the desks. Mm -hmm. Makes the sliding of the desk around much more quiet Mm -hmm. and it does really help protect the floors as well. Mm Um, and then go ahead.
0: Or when the kids fidget, I, I talked to my principal into buying some of those for me from a company that makes them smaller size. Yeah. So they're not as big a, a, a footprint, so to speak.
1: Yeah.
0: And they, they fit nice and tight on there. So it's also they don't slide around inside the tennis ball when they tend which makes them tend to want to fall off. And the kids middle school kids, they, they naturally fidget in their seats anyway. Boy, as it cut down just a little ambient little 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 fidgeting ambient noise problems. Mm-hmm. You know, He's bothering me, that's sort of thing. I love those
1: things, yeah, we've put a bunch of those in too where we've gotten especially where we've gotten some new tile um, uh, this person says that they got a personal whiteboard they got an entire class set for less than thirty dollars and bought plain white wash closet, um, for six bucks that can throw in the washer and bleach when they start getting dirty from erasing mm-hmm. so um. And uh, seems to have a, a very positive um, response to that, and also talks about using the <clears throat> the 12-hour time slots. Having kids, um, kids fill out a clock. You do a. a yeah. <laughs> we didn't put this in the show notes. So, <laughs> are you, do you know? Do you know about Clock Buddies? Uh,
0: um, oh, not. Okay. Uh, I have a sneaking suspicion, <clears throat> but.
1: So what you do you do is you have the kids establish twelve different people that they could work with, and you do it with a, for, through a variety of reasons. You, the twelve o'clock person, you know, and you do this as an opening kind of activity. So find somebody at twelve o'clock who ha, who um, likes the same color that you do. Find somebody for one o'clock that like that watched the uh, that watched the TV show that you watched last week find somebody at two o'clock who is, you know, uh, you, so you go through and you have 12 of those and then the kids keep that. And then you can say, okay, um, you know, find your three o'clock buddy and, you know, work on this assignment. So it's a way to pair kids up real quick. Um, so, and, and so that's kind of cool. Um, and I should find the actual instructions for that instead of doing it in my head. Um, um, It sounds like a time saver too It is
0: They don't have to go find They already have somebody on the list That's a Mm -hmm. great idea
1: And then you're also They're also working with a variety of people Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. you now have 12 to pick from Or um, uh, You know However many Because you can do 369 and 12 if you want to just do four of them and you can change those up if you want and you can even just assign them if you really want to so um so yeah but I thought those were some some good ideas I think one of the things that's underlying that is to take care of yourself as well mm-hmm. um and I think that's real important and probably something that Maybe not enough people remember to do and do well is to take care of yourself. Um, you know, you are working real hard there. So, okay. Oh, good. The next one's you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, this came from uh, Alaska Jenny, uh, one, of our, one of the members of our PLN here. She listens to the podcast. She follows us on uh, Twitter. She's uh, on our, our Facebook uh, pages. And uh, she found a Smithsonian education online conference on climate change, which is going to happen through September 29th through October 1st. Um, They're going to be looking at uh, Smithsonian research and the collections that are related to uh, climate change. There are going to be some curators online talking about it. Uh, If you're new to virtual conferencing, uh, you click on a link and there's an online registration form there. Uh, It's it's going to have some neat things. It has a lot of potential. She loves it. It came out of the Smithsonian newsletter, which she, she sent to us. And forwarded to us um, and it's going to you know what it's got a bunch of other things on there too and I'll, I'll dig through those some more the one that popped up to me is a great opportunity that somebody could use right away and is dated on the uh, on the form is this uh, opportunity for choosing your own PD through a an online um, conference so and I'm not sure they're going to offer more and, and others um, like the Smithsonian's been doing some neat stuff As a matter of fact Smithsonian has uh, a, a, a person at the Smithsonian that all their their job is just to post the things and events and whatnot that's coming on, are going on at the Smithsonian on Twitter. They have a Twitter feed. You can follow the Smithsonian Institution on Twitter. You can follow the Library of Congress on Twitter. By the way, the Library of Congress is having some authors in, and they're doing some author stuff. Now, I think a lot of it's local, but they may also be putting some of that stuff online, and if I find it online, I'll include it in our show notes next week.
1: Yeah, this has got some interesting stuff on it. They have state standards of learning, Mm -hmm. um, and you can go by state and pull up the state standards of learning right through there. Um, And they seem to have that tied into uh, resources that fit that individual standard. That's pretty cool.
0: They've got a a list of the topics they're going to (laughs) cover. Uh, climate change carbon dioxide context and uncertainties they're going to focus on the ginkgo biloba plant you have you have ginkgo biloba yes plants right
1: i in yes. the social studies stuff though <laughs> uh,
0: biodiversity and climate change um, impact and action yeah there were a couple of social studies guys and and this is this is a science thing so we're a little out of our
1: no, I'm in the social studies, though. I
0: mean, I went to... Um, oh, you went to a different uh, section of the thing. I'm I going went to just a different section.
1: Conference.
0: <laughs> I'm staying focused. I'm on the show notes.
1: <laughs> well, I, but that's where I started. Well,
0: they, here's one If there. you
1: go to the climate change, mm-hmm. you go to the climate change right. part, right?
0: Yep.
1: And, and, um, and so that's the professional development part. Right. And they've also had Abraham Lincoln, right. um, Teaching American History Grants. So it looks like Abraham Lincoln is really the other one.
0: Um, well, there's an online writing workshop. Smithsonian has a teacher's
1: night. But if you go to the for educator part, <laughs> okay. you have state standards of learning, and you can find resources based off of grades. So you can select just, uh, instead of all grades, you can select four through eight Um, and you can select just individual subjects or you can select state standards and work through state standards grade and subject and then it sends you directly to some links that are uh, material that addresses those individual standards that's pretty cool I've lost Sean now as he's <laughs> looking up state standards and all that stuff. So well, I, found,
0: I found opportunities where they have got the scholars in the schools, the Smithsonian Institution event calendar. Oh, you know what? Okay, all right, all right. We're
1: now on a sparkling moment. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> if yes. you go to SmithsonianEducation.org, yeah, <clears throat> and you'll see a little a little title bar it has four educators, field trips, professional development, lesson plans, resource library, and educational services. The link that we're sending you to is under professional development, but if you click on the four educators, um, just underneath the starburst there, it leads you to lesson plans and it leads you to resources in state standards of learning where you can just drill this down very quickly finding a a resource that would fit what it is you're looking to do. I think that's pretty powerful.
0: There's, there is a 20% discount for Smithsonian employees. You know where I'm getting my summer job? Are you kidding? I'd love to work at the Smithsonian. I was going to say. Yeah. Um, there was, no, it's not. Here, I'll go back to this one. Um,
1: there's <laughs> one. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got us way off task, but that's just really cool that they have that. Um, well, they got the calendar there. For you know, all you know, the states, just really.
0: One of the things we're doing is we're putting together our Washington, D.C. trip. Mm-hmm. And if we know what's going to happen at the Smithsonian, there's some things we can do with the kids before we go on that DC trip with this calendar
1: here. Yeah, we're and, going to Washington. Well, we're going. Not me, but I have a couple of teachers who are taking some kids to Washington DC. Have
0: you got your bus filled yet?
1: No, but we have uh, We never. We don't usually even start this early, but we give a hundred dollars off if we if they fill if they pony up now. If they sign up now. Get a hundred dollars off.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so are you covering as a school? Are you going to cover that hundred dollars? No, are gonna... no.
1: It's the um, company. It's the company. Early registration, hundred really? bucks. Really? Uh-uh. We'll talk about it after the show.
0: Yeah, I'm curious because... Um, yeah.
1: Let's move on with the rest of
0: the show here. All right, yeah. <laughs> um, one of the things on the calendar for the Climate Change Conference is they're going to talk about the impact of young people, responses from young people, uh, stories, data, that sort of thing. That so there's a reflection piece where they're going to actually use student reflection, and that's a hallmark of the level education is that whole reflective piece. They're going to use that as part of their presentation. I think that's a great idea. Some of this would be kind of tough for our area. But, well, I don't know. Some of this would be great because, like, in Michigan, we don't have coral reefs. We've got iron ore reefs you know, where the iron ore ships have gone down. But um, so this would be a great chance for the kids to see some of this stuff, too. Mangroves. So that's Thursday and uh, October 1st. So, all right, I've, 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 I've sufficiently drawn us off the sparkly or onto the sparkly path.
1: Yeah. 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 There's so lots of stuff they, you can... Um, prehistoric Climate Change and Why It Matters Today. You can download that. You can download a full page size site, A Fossil Leaves for a Lesson, in both high-resolution and low-large-resolution. Lots of stuff there. Mm. Good stuff. People should check that out. The ginkgo. Not All the right, ginkgo. next up on our web spotlight is um, some lesson plans for literacy. This is Mm readwritethink.org, and this comes from the International Reading Association. And I thought this was was pretty cool because every teacher is a reading teacher. Um, And they have uh, some nice links right off of the main page there. They have some lessons, and you can search by grade. So if you want... um, to say six through eight you can go okay six through eight you can search by literacy strand language learning language learning about language or learning through language and then they have um... some different things some different either literacy engagement fluency read aloud partner reading process writing readers theater Shared reading and writer's notebook. And then you just click on display and they give you some lesson plans that um, that go through there. So I think it's a good place to get some good ideas. Um, they also have, not only do they have lessons, they also have standards, they have web resources. So it's a good place to find some, um, and they have a short synopsis of, of each one. So for example, they have the, Children's Books Online, the Rosetta Project Library, they give you the link for it. Text and illustrations from hundreds of antique books for children of all ages are available online in this library collection. The site arranges books by readers' age level and includes a search engine. And then they give it a category of reference library. So they give a little synopsis of the different sites, and they have quite a few sites to look through. Um, so you can you can take a look through that as well And I thought that would just be something that was uh, kind of handy And could be resor- re- a resource for people that are, are looking for some of those things I have some student materials um, Acrostic poems It's an online tool that enables students to learn about and write acrostic poems Elements of the writing process are included. Um, so, you know, they have a variety of things there. Um, a lot of this oh, fractured fairy tales, mm-hmm. uh, graphic maps. Um,
0: There's some neat stuff here with interdisciplinary, like uh, using music and art to teach vocabulary. Mm-hmm which is handy. I'm looking in the lesson plan index, and you can actually sort it by, by grade groupings. And the six through eight literacy strand has got some neat stuff in here. Um, a directed listening, thinking activity for the telltale heart. Uh, pictures worth a thousand words using art and narrative and, and, and storytelling. Um, uh, book clubs. Uh, I don't know if you guys have a book club or not. Uh, a couple of teachers in our building have started one, and it's taken off like wildfire. It's, it's a great idea.
1: Yeah, and we had book clubs. We had book clubs last year. With our new schedule change, it's oh. uh, something that's I've got to figure out how we can get it back.
0: Our teachers have to do it on lunch in order to get it done. Otherwise, the schedule doesn't allow it to happen.
1: Yeah, you can run
0: an advisor. I don't. Know, do you guys still do advisory? We still do advisory. Yes, we oh, do. What if you could run book club uh, during advisory.
1: Well, probably my, the, 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 the ever, the ever existent battle, uh, there's an ever existent battle of what it is that you do with advisory and how it is that you do it. So, um, you know, we're, we got to make sure that things are getting. True advisory activities are getting done. Book club certainly could be one of those, but it also can lead into misunderstanding of, Mm -hmm. you know, I really want teachers to be developing that relationship with kids.
0: Oh, yeah, it would have to be one of those things where the teacher's reading along with or doing activities related to the book. I'm thinking, for example, like Stargirl. And then you could identify some rookies in the building, and you just start, you know, Zangle or other some sort of district software program has birthdays in there, and then you can do things where you just a little now it doesn't have to be a major gift, a little token gift type thing, you know, and it shows up at their locker anonymously. There's other ways to I mean you can tie tie literature into. I wouldn't tie well I don't know you could do things like if the DC trip tie in Knight, Elie Viesel's Knight. Um, I don't know. Probably some creative, you know. What? I bet our audience has some creative ideas, yeah. They do. Picture books using picture books with uh with reading and writing. Oh, uh, well, you know what? I found a good one I was um I'm gonna look at it later. Um, but it's more than one way to create vivid verbs. Um, that's one I think I'm gonna play with when I get a
1: chance. Play ball, encouraging critical thinking through baseball questions. So there's there's a lot of uh, there's a point being there's a lot of a lot of information there. It's good for uh, finding some lesson plans. It's good for sparking the creativity, for seeing what other people are doing, and um, even if you don't like the whole lesson plan which I frequently didn't like the whole lesson plan when I was you know, looking at a lot of lesson plans online previously. Um, I'd want to tweak things and change them around, but I got some really good ideas, and then I would take and twist it to what I thought specifically my kids needed. Um, and, and some of these lesson plans are very nice. They're nicely done. They're very explicit. They go through all the steps that you need. Um, these are some really, really well done things. So I would encourage people to check them out. All right, <laughs> let's let's try to get to the things that we said we were going to do last week. <laughs> um, there was a, a a very interesting article I thought on blocking Facebook, um, and this. Is from Tech and Learning, um, and I don't. Oh, by Darren Draper, and starts out with last week we made a conscious decision to block Facebook from being accessed on our network. Being a t- K-12 public school district, I personally didn't feel it was in the best interest of our students to allow them to act, to a, a, access a site that, while arguably brimming with educational potential is most often used for nothing more than recreational interaction among participants. Okay, so I I thought this was interesting that they're making the the decision to block Facebook and having a conversation about it. First of all, having a conversation about it, I thought, was a, a good step in the right direction. Um... But it also brings up the, the the balance that we face between the idealism of certain of these technologies and the realism of certain of these technologies. Um, and and I would like to hear from people that would like Facebook unblocked and wh- for this district to unblock it, and why it is they would 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 want to do that, um, because the there is the brimming with educational potential, which I thought was was um interesting versus the actual and there is a link to um to the um the resource on what it what it is that could they could do um, what is some of those educational topics are and could be, um, but it, it's interesting, and, um, and he asked the question, am, am, I, am I alone in thinking that Facebook is roughly 98% play and 2% academics when it comes to the unchecked use of today's typical teenager? What percentage of teachers can be trusted to ensure that Facebook is actually used by their student students for legitimate learning? Um, and he kind of points out that the teacher has an interesting, has a role to play in this. And he kind of ends with some questions. Um, he says the debate, uh, I'm sure the debate is far from over. Um, and he's asking for feedback. Would you leave Facebook open on your K-12 note no network? If so, Why? Additionally, what can you do on Facebook that can't be done elsewhere? And finally, um, what are you going to do to train your teachers to effectively utilize it with students? And then he ends with, because the opening of the floodgates is just the beginning. I think he's made a lot of really good points here in terms of... um, what kind of professional development do we do? How savvy are teachers in how to use it? And all teachers, not just one or two, but all teachers in, in using it. What is it that you would actually use it for? How does that play out? Do we need to answer all these questions before we action before we get there? Um, and and I don't know, I think there's a but I think it's a healthy debate. Sean? Yes, I
0: think it is. Um. <laughs> Sorry, I got lost in thought there for a second. In my mind, while you were talking about it, I was thinking, you know, if I'm an IT person, or as a teacher, yeah, you know what, but I'm thinking sandboxing it. You know, at the, at the middle school level, what if we were to sandbox it? Would that eliminate some of the decisions he's, he's struggling over? And if we sandbox it with Teacher approval. I mean, that eliminates a lot of the th- ethical vulner- vulnerabilities that he's talking about. I uh, know, obviously, one of them is he's talking about teachers friending their ninth grade students, or their, his case, ninth grade students, but their students on Facebook. And I wouldn't necessarily do that. That just that opens a whole world of misunderstanding, potential misunderstanding. But this, you know, our students are using social networking, right? They're, and, and they're going to use it without us. The question right. is, do we want to teach them how to use it? safely. That's part of, that needs to be
1: part of the discussion. And, and at what point do we say, hey, you know. And, and I'll, I'll tell you what our district answer has been at this point is that we've, there, there are open source, you know, we use Moodle Mm -hmm. and there's some open source, um, uh, modules that you can plug in that, um, essentially replicate Facebook so that it is um, it gives the kids chances to do the, the, the social networking stuff without um, without it being on Facebook. Part of the problem mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Like, like I face um, is that you know what you have your private side and there's certain things that, on, that you would put to friends and family that you wouldn't put to parents of every kid in the building. And by creating this separate thing that acts like Facebook, looks like Facebook, but is just a professionally based thing, then yeah, I can do things differently. I I could friend students because now it's just, it's all I'm doing is professional. I'm in the same professional role as when I see them in the cafeteria. Okay. Yes, I know you. Yes, I can. You know, I can joke around with you a little bit appropriately. Um, you know, if I know that you're a big Ohio State fan, I can, you know, rage a little bit when Michigan beats you and things like that. But, um, but, it allows it to create that environment, and then we could teach them that environment and how to do that. And that is how we've kind of addressed it.
0: There's one other issue here. I don't think that he's hitting on directly, but it needs, it needs to be factored into what he's talking about. And that is people on Facebook select their communities. Right. And so if you're selecting just a social community, well, then, yeah, it is going to be about, you know, what I have for breakfast and, um, you know, poking each other and writing on the walls and that sort of thing, just, you know, everyday life stuff. But if you're looking at for, like, developing a professional learning network or a professional learning community, where you say, "Okay, right, kids, this circle is going to be just for us, okay? Mm-hmm. Us, and mm-hmm. you know, we're going to have this. We're going to have this academic discussion, like an edu blog, for example, right? Well, then, I mean, already then you're, you've selected the type of conversation you are going to have. That's going to change the element. And It's not going to go with ninety-eight percent play and two percent academics because you've right. already established the standard up front. This channel, this arena, will be an academic arena, and then, of course, it's like every um, discussion, and it's going to need a group leader. And if you, the teacher, are going to act as a group leader, which you probably most likely would, when, then you steer and direct the conversation. Plus, if you're using mm-hmm. a sandbox, sandbox situation or like as in, uh, an edgy blog, you're going to approve the ones you want to get through, so you're automatically filtering the conversation. That's an, Now, that's going to be more effort on a teacher's part or well, an administrator's part.
1: But if you've also got that set up, there is accountability. Right. Because and if you control who can see it, then you just have more accountability. Is all I mean, you know, kid. You know, in middle school, teasing is a big issue. Mm-hmm. It's universally a big issue in middle school. Well, if they end up doing teasing through a Facebook like, you now have written proof <laughs> of the of the teasing, and you can address it. Um, and that I think would help teach kids to use it appropriately. So I think that we've actually got the right right answer at this point in terms of replicating the functionality of Facebook but putting it into a a academic conversation and uh, or you know as you said, you know selecting an academic community, you know selecting that community, in this community this is how you play. This is how you behave. This is what you do. Mm -hmm. And that's something that kids need to learn, and kids kind of know that. I mean, we talk to kids all the time. Do you behave at, you know, at a wedding the same way you behave when you're going over to your friend's house? No. Well, okay, this is the same thing. And it allows them to learn some of those lessons in a safe and secure way because that kind of stuff wouldn't be on Facebook where when they go, because then, you know, once they leave school, all those files can be deleted mm-hmm. or, you know, they can archived or whatever, but it's not generally available on the web. So it would kind of be gone. So I, I think that is the uh, appropriate stance to take. But I think as educators, we need to start doing that. And we need to start getting teachers involved in doing that. And it's, it's not a question of, if, I think, I think it's a question of when and how and why. And those are not going to be magic answers. I think we've got to start figuring out what those answers are.
0: It's also a great opportunity if you've got kids doing posting or trying to post things that aren't appropriate. Rather than having the entire world come down on them in a, in a giant flame session, right. you can intercept that post, pull the kid aside, and say, I, I need to talk to you about this. <laughs> we need to have a chat. Yeah. So rather than a public stoning, it can just be a one-on-one, give them a okay. chance to fix it. And then there's there's that total opportunity to save face, which is huge at the middle level. Mm-hmm. Kids will do anything to save face. And this will give them a chance to do that. And only people who know are you and that kid. Uh, and obviously, we're not talking about something that needs to be brought to administration or, you know, that sort of thing that, you know, threatening a kid's life. We're talking about the things you know, where the, the kids are doing things that aren't they aren't supposed to do. You can intercept that and, and give them a chance to fix it first.
1: A lot of kids will appreciate that, too. Absolutely. Um, okay. Uh, well, at least we made it to one. <laughs> you want to do one? <laughs> um, you want to do the Dragon at Chaos? Can you do that one real fast? I'll do it real fast. Okay.
0: Dragon at Chaos is a, a post by one of um, the people in my PLN. Her name is Cassandra George. She's written... A number of different places if you're on uh, middle talk the listserv which is a web x.0 um, technology uh you, you you've probably seen her on there uh, a fair bit let me just cover a few things really quick she wrote a, a post on her blog called the mighty dragon of chaos and by the way if you're not following her i would highly recommend that you follow her she's got some interesting stuff um she doesn't post regularly but when she does she posts some really really good stuff uh, top ten stolen organization secrets that she came up with in her in her post number one specific places for students to turn in work helps you personally organize. have a number two, have a designated place for students to collect their work from when they're absent and a place you know so a kid writes their name on it, you put it in a folder and then they they don't come to you when you're trying to get the class going or trying to end a class. They just go to the folder, get what they need and and do it turn in whenever you you know your your timeline. There for that. A no-name folder. Papers go in there. If they don't know where it is, they can go check the no-name folder, see if that's their work. Of course, if that was me, I'd go over and put, you know, I wouldn't do any work. Wait for somebody's <laughs> or put my name on it. <laughs> but I, wasn't, I, I admit I wasn't that smart when I was, when I was that age. Um, well, let me skip down here a little bit. Uh, keep seeing charts on a podium or in other e- and other easily accessible location so you can take attendance really quick. Uh, use email for parent contacts whenever possible. Let go, I like this part, let go of things that don't really matter. Uh, first years in the classroom, spent uh, she spent hours organizing the class library. Didn't turn out that that was a huge uh, need. Let it go. The kids will find the book they want. And they just put it back into the library and it's done. Now something she needs to occupy her time with. Um, we'll post the link in the show notes so you can wander over and see, those, see some of the other ideas that are listed there. Um, I, you know, I do this one too. I have a board in the hallway outside the classroom where I write down what the kids are doing. She puts what the kids need for the hour, but I put down what the kids are doing, and that keeps the kids from coming up to me going, "What are we doing today?" Yeah, yeah. I start them right out the beginning there, right here. It's right there. So as you walk in the door, or let's say you forget what we did in class that day, and you're walking by, you know, to your locker to get your stuff to go home, and if you want to know if you have homework, you look at my board. It's right there on the way by. You don't have to ask anybody. You just right there on the way past my room so lots of read- lots of neat ideas there some some uh, some good comments uh, to that post and I will leave those to your reading
1: because we're, we're, <laughs> we're... we've taken a lot of your time and hopefully you you you, you waited to the end where we put the good stuff <laughs> <laughs> um, the idea of having um, a board outside your room where you remind kids what it is they need to bring is <laughs> <It's> very powerful. <laughs> it can be very handy. Um, so we've put some, uh, some whiteboards outside of rooms, some of the small whiteboards just you yep. just put things real fast on there and, you know, bring your book today. Um, you know, do you have your brain with you? So, <laughs> okay. Well, we certainly hope that you will, uh, well, get in touch with us. Drop us a mm-hmm. line at middle school, uh, middle school educators <laughs> at gmail.com. Um, I really shouldn't have two computers on at once. Um, um, or, you know, drop us a, a note in the comments. Just go to uh, middle school matters.com and click on the comment and post a comment. Uh, we greatly appreciate your feedback. Until next week, this is Middle School Matters. For middle school educators, who care?